Hello everyone, and we are so happy to be with you here today, and this is the day after Christmas. And God bless all of you, and uh, we do pray that you had a very Merry Christmas. And uh, we used to sing a song that I made up some time ago, uh, it's called uh, Christ Must, Christ Must Be For You. So that uh, we've had a lot of fun with that as a family. And guess what's uh, coming around the bin here before long? Uh, new year, a new year. So we want to thank uh, Janet Lee, the organist, my wife, for her wonderful renditions. It plays with her heart. Thank you, Janet, for that. And I am here today for delivering this message, The Mystery of the Time, Part 2. Standing in for the manifester, let us begin. Well, last week, uh, <clears throat> I brought in this uh, a little bit of a interesting far-out subject about um, phantom time, uh, how that when we took that trip uh, into the, um, the travel zone of the Zith and going uh, toward uh, uh, the Father's house, how that we... Uh, using special uh, gentile we um, brought people out of the uh, self-conscious state into a subconscious state so to speak uh, where not their body not their spirit but the a phantom a twin of their spirit uh, was able to take this trip and then reconvey uh, that message and um uh, there is recently, uh, I, I mentioned uh, uh, about this uh, hypothesis that has become more of a actuality uh, of discovery uh, by a Dr. Uh, 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 Popopin, or uh, Poponim, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, but he was he's a fairly famous quantum physicist, uh, physicist and he's recognized uh, worldwide. And he says that uh, that uh, this uh, uh, phantom effect is uh, from the DNA, and it can be interpreted as a manifestation of a new physical vacuum substructure which has previously been overlooked. It appears that this substructure that this substructure can be excited from the physical vacuum in a range of energies close to zero energy. Provided uh, certain specific conditions are fulfilled, which are specific above. So we're talking here equilibrium, and that is a very powerful uh, state uh, to be able to show a um, DNA phantom to exist. Uh, I um, would like to have take more time to explain the technicality of all of that, but uh, I don't think I want to get into a science digest at this time except to say that more and more of those things that uh, we have uh, t taught over the years and preached over the years uh, have have come to have more and more uh, oftentimes validities in many many different ways this is just another interesting example of it so we uh, are interested in all of that now let me go back a little bit here we uh, we taught from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 because it is such a fantastic group of uh, scriptures uh, about time and it starts in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes and it says to everything there is a season and a time and to every purpose under the under the heaven 
So if there isn't anything that exists that is not attached to time in the physical realm, then it certainly is a huge subject. And why is it that we don't understand time more than we do? Why is it such a mystery? Well, in the 11th verse of this same chapter, chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, it says, He, meaning God, hath made everything beautiful in his time. Now, this is a, a KJV, King James uh, translation. And let's read that again. Uh, chapter 3, verse 11, Ecclesiastes. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Now, there is a beautiful revelation. There is a beautiful uh, knowledge uh, to to experience, to understand, uh, to have the spiritual and the intellect of. But the reason that it is a mystery and the reason that it can't be understood, it says, is because God has put the world, he set the world in the hearts of human beings, and because that world uh, is there, uh, it interferes, it blocks, it creates a shadow and a mirage, and uh, people are not able to see through that. It's a glass darkly, very darkly, and uh, people cannot see what the real truth is. So for uh, an individual to be able to come into the light of the knowledge of God, there has to be a filtering of that condition. Now, the world set in the heart, you know, is that uh, people are in first proponent of thought. Um, they are glued into the idea of being uh, such a literal part of the earth and the and the human life that it actually has a foremost part uh, in in their mind and in their decisions and in their thinking and in their uh, uh, obligations, um, we we can see that without having to be too uh, discerning uh, and and too um, uh, much in, in into trying to figure anything out. It's just pretty much an obvious uh, fact. Um, the interesting, important part about that is that. Um, we don't want to just become so super spiritual that we aren't at all any longer, uh, you know, physically human, earthly minded. That's not the plan either. But there has to be an equilibrium, a balance between the two, so that a person can have a seeing through factor occur and a breakthrough into those uh, things that are truth, but they have been blocked because that people have put this first perspective as being the all most important perspective, which has to do with survival, which has to do with desires of things that people want in their life and that people favor in their thoughts about living, which has to do about the world. So once a person can overcome, and that doesn't mean that you negate, that you don't have any of those desires anymore. It just means that you put it in equilibrium, that you put it in proper perspective, proper balance. And once you can do that, then you can see from both sides. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with, uh, about being able to see things that are around about you physically because you are 50% mortal and you are 50% spirit. So that's all part of the plan of God. And, and in order to 
understand this message about time, uh, it says that the only way we're going to understand it is to come into that kind of an, of an acknowledgement that, that the world has been set in the heart, and because the world is in the heart and is predominating, then it has made it almost impossible for people to understand the mystery of the time. So the Bible says that the prophet of the the prophet um, is uh, of the spirit of the prophet. Pardon me, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Now we can see the order right there. You have the prophet who who has a physical temple, is a physical person, and 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 the spirit that that the person has is subject to that physical person. So it has first dominance, it has first position. And because of that that first dominance, that first position, those are the things that block the breakthrough. That does not mean that cannot be overcome. That does, does not mean that there is not a place in, in balancing uh, that situation and coming into an equilibrium uh, that a person can then begin to see the truth that exists on both sides both sides of the spectrum, and that's very important. Now, that really, you know, uh, takes a person almost into a parallel uh, aspect of time, so that there is a positive time and a negative time. Now, that's very interesting to think in terms of there being a negative time, uh, which is, a, if you want it to call it that, a kind of alternate time. But uh, let's talk about it. Let's look uh, now at these verses we went over last week uh, just to make uh, an important um, input here. Chapter 3, uh, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time, to every purpose under the sun. We got that down? To everything. Everything under the sun. Everything physical. Everything on the earth. There's a purpose. There's a season. Okay. A time to be born and a time to die. So if we were to look at a time to be born, and we called that the positive, and we called a time to be uh, to die a negative, then uh, if we put that into time, which the first verse says there's a season and a time and a purpose to everything, so then if a time to be born is a time, as it says here, and a time to die is a time, then a time to be born initiates a beginning, and a time to die initiates an end. And in the sense that uh, the life, let's say that we're talking uh, a, a Mr. George. So Mr. George is born, and that's a positive. As far as Mr. George is concerned, uh, maybe let me assure you that, that that is positive. And then there's a time to die. Now, Mr. George most likely would consider that a negative because he doesn't want to die, as most people do not want to die. And he would consider that a negative. So in a sense, you would have positive time and you would have negative time. Now, if when the time to be born happened and you're living it, but now suddenly you're, you're coming to, the t to uh, a point where it's close to the time to, to die, what can a person do about that? Is there anything a person can do? And of course, you know, uh, there's a long list of possibilities here. But but I want to bring out this thing about, um, you know, um, the parallel of time and the positive-negative aspect of it. Um, let's, um, let's think in terms of this. Let's say a time 
to be born and George is born and he's lived a good number of years and you know it's getting close to the time to die what can he do to try to bring around uh, you know more time to live or let's just say more time to have a good accounting of the time that he has lived so we've got negative time that's the die time we've got positive time that's the live time the Bible tells us that um, that there are some things that that uh, that you know we can do, and uh, uh, or, or that are possible. Uh, for instance, um, uh, God talks about he that he would shorten shorten the time. Um, God talks about he would restore the years uh, that the caterpillar and the canker worm have eaten. Um, if a person by the name of George was to have the experience of 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 the of the time being shortened, that would seem like it would make it get closer to negative time. But perhaps there is a, a way of looking at that uh, in just the opposite effect, and we'll discuss that here as we get along the road on these teachings. Um, but let's look at uh, let's look at this idea first of restoring the years the cankerworm has eaten. If George was able to have a breakthrough and he was able to restore the years that the cankerworm and the caterpillar have eaten, that would take out those years that were lost due to the fact of the of the caterpillar and the cankerworm. That would restore those years. Now, if they're restored, what does that mean? Does that mean that they are then added back onto your calendar? Well, I mean, that's certainly one way to believe that. Can it also be an accounting that uh, that the good aspects of those years that you didn't do, but you could do if you had more time, that you're given the credit as though you did live those years, and during the time that you lived those years, you were doing the good thing. So this becomes sort of a a preferred uh, adjustment of time so so that um, you are given the benefit of, of being able to achieve something that you actually didn't achieve but you would have achieved if you had more time and and that falls into the category that Paul wrote about when he said calling those things that are not as though they were or as though they are and uh, then there's all the scriptures we mentioned last week, and don't look back, you know, uh, forgetting those things which are behind. Uh, there's all these kind of things that, that, that have, to, have to, to happen. Now, if God is to, you know, um, say, uh, shorten the time, um, suppose that, um, that death, has an equal to life because one is a positive and the other is a negative and that the negative is shortened that the aspect of the of the predominance or of the equality uh, of the negative having as much uh, you know um, as as much to contribute um, to the balance as life but if on the side of, of death that was shortened, that in effect then would prolong life. 
because you would be robbing from death, you know, something that belonged uh, normally to death, but suddenly was not taken. Sort of like the scripture says, you know, uh, O death, uh, where is thy sting? You know, uh, where's thy victim? Uh, it's, it's, it's along that line. So, so, um, uh, I think it's interesting if we would l want to look at this scripture. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to, to pluck up that which is planted. And, and consider all of those, those possibilities from the positive, the negative. Um, by the same token, not everything that is negative is, is, um, is anti to your good. Uh, we discussed a little of that last time. Uh, if in this case uh, you you uh, plant <clears throat> potatoes, as I said last week, uh, and then you pluck them up, uh, that is a is a you know you're doing something opposite from from the planting, but you're doing something that is that is life and sustaining and survival. So there's many, many different applications of this, uh, you know. Uh, even when you say to, to live and to die, Jesus said, except the grain fall to the ground and die, it can't bring forth seed. And so uh, there's an, a positive aspect to death. Now, the reason I'm saying all of these things this way is because I want to point out that when it comes to many of the subjects of the Bible, like what is death, you know, and what is eternal life, and what is hell, and what is heaven, you know, most people that think that they know, who are into the theories of religion, and, and into the doctrines of religion, uh, in all honesty, have absolutely no aspect of truth of what those subjects really are. Uh, even in as much as to try to differentiate from the first death, death and the second death. And what it really, really means to be born again and to be saved. I know there's people that would swear on their deathbed that they know. But there's just an awful lot of people out here in the world that think that they know that do not know. And I want to show you some things in this mystery of the time from the Bible. From the Bible. How unusual to know the Bible it really is. And it really is a mystery. And to understand that mystery is so, so absolutely distinct, so absolutely uh, Im important. Because without uh, having the knowledge of those things, uh, it, it, it is uh, nothing less than just plain scary, to say the, to say the least. Okay, now, <clears throat> as we're talking about this negative time, uh, it has been said um, that uh, a time, uh, when you think in terms of positive time, when you think in terms of negative time, is really just um, an interchange of position and momentum. It's a different position, and it's a different momentum. And that in any instant that you could... Um, uh, adjust the possible dynamics uh, of the position and the uh, momentum so that one was equal to the other, uh, then you would be uh, effecting, effecting uh, ordinary space-time. And uh, it would certainly uh, put you into uh, a time zone 
uh, instead of being in the time zone of the negative, it might put you over into the time, back into the time zone of the positive. So, um, although there are a lot of gaps uh, to understanding all the full aspect of that, uh, they are not impossible to be explained. Right uh, now, and for some time, actually even going back to World War II, the Germans were even involved uh, in uh, what's called reverse engineering. And the whole idea there was to find something that uh, would give, um, uh, you know, power over gravity, sort of an anti-gravity. And uh, they were, uh, you know, they were looking at uh, electromagnetic propulsion uh, uh, with the idea of being able to in, uh, introduce, you know, uh, an, an, a negative, or uh, they didn't call it negative, but, but anti-gravity in order to overcome the uh, faster, uh, not faster than light uh, speed barrier. Uh, and and then there's all kinds of uh, many many years ago, maybe 25 years ago or 30 years ago, uh, I talked about ion uh, propulsion, and uh, how uh, you know uh, the possibilities of of all of that uh, was, and 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 uh, we talk about the age of ions, spelt just slightly slightly different, but uh, uh, still very very uh, relevant. Uh, to that whole idea of uh, of a of a relevant meaning to uh, to ion, so um, maybe we'll get to talk about that, and uh, you know maybe we won't. Uh, but you know, uh, as we talk about the mystery of the time, one of the biggest things that um, is uh, concerning to a lot of people is when is the end of the world, and when is the coming of Jesus Christ, and and how long before the apocalypse. How long before the tribulation? And how um, long uh, before the rapture? And these are subjects that are, are just major, major subjects. And, and it's not very, pos very, it's not very um, uh, popular uh, to eclipse any of those uh, ideas that are uh, running circuits in the minds of people and who have have been favoring and petting uh, these ideas for years and years and years and years and years. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to open up. Uh, I'm going to open up some mysteries, and uh, some of you people, you know, you're going to have your eyes wide open. And if you've never listened to some of my other teachings that I have done, you will be all the more astonished at uh, the things that I do have to say, because uh, you know they just uh, are absolutely uh, important. Uh, you know what I think is that uh, there is uh, an excessive amount of uh, of fear that is being propagated. Uh, by all kinds of different uh, uh, mediums, uh, whether it be the religious medium or the news medium or other kind of uh, society mediums or personal medium, uh, it, is, it is being uh, propagated very extensively and it has been going on for years and years and years about all these climatic end of the time things that are about to happen and almost every uh, earthquake or every major storm or anything that seems to be environmental change in the earth uh, seems to all be the proof 
that uh, the the end of all time uh, is just about upon people and the beast of apocalypse are about to rise out of the sea and uh, the whole thing uh, as prophesied in the book of uh, Revelation is going to happen uh, according to how people have interpreted Revelations. Well, uh, we're going to talk about these things here, and it's going to be very interesting. We're going to get into Daniel. We're going to talk about uh, some scriptures there that refer to it, as I promised last week. Um, God help us just to have the time. Now, just in, in December of, of, of this year, uh, toward the 1st of December, uh, they made an announcement, uh, and they, they discovered that um, the number of stars that exist um, in, in the universe far exceeds what they had uh, <clears throat> used uh, from their statistical mathematical analogies uh, to figure out how many stars were in the galaxies. And they did take and base their uh, theory upon uh, what they proposed was the number of stars in the, uh, in the Milky Way galaxy, which is this galaxy. And they used that connection to basically uh, suppose and presume uh, that as a, a good a good way of figuring out, uh, you know, an idea of uh, the total amount of stars that might exist in the, in the universe. Now, because of all of the small dwarf stars that they have suddenly discovered, uh, at least 20% more than they ever uh, imagined possible, uh, it has tripled. Uh, at least the amount of stars uh, you know years and years ago scientists were saying even before this latest announcement that there are more stars uh, in the universe than there are sands particles of sands on all of the seashores and riverbanks uh, in the entire uh, uh, planet earth uh, if you can imagine how many particles of sand there might be on the earth uh, in all the places where are, there are all these beaches and, and, and how deep down that some of these sands go, uh, you would just begin to get an idea of the massiveness, just almost unbelievable massiveness and volume of these stars. Um, you know, people do ask why, uh, if time is to be so short, uh, you know, the, the dinosaurs, uh, according to <clears throat> some of the scientific theories, you know, the, the, they live for 270 million years and, and, uh, <clears throat> they use fossils to, um, and aging them in various sediments and, and under various, uh, conditions to determine that age, um, along with uh, other kinds of, of atomic measurement. But, but the thing of it is, is that uh, mankind, according to Christian theology, has only been around for, you know, a few thousands of years. Why is this all going to end so fast? And if it is going to end so fast, why is it that there are these multi-trillions upon trillions of of stars and now they are saying based on the latest evidence that there are earth-sized planets that they figure out there that number in the trillions 
planets, not stars, planets. Earth, the size of the Earth, that number in the trillions, and this is uh, based on some of the various kinds of uh, math that have been done. I'm not saying that's totally correct, but I'm, I'm imagining that uh, there are a tremendous number of planets in the universe. I have no doubt about that. I've always known that and believed that uh, far before this announcement. <clears throat> and uh, so so what does that all mean? And, and um, uh, what is all of this about reverse engineering? And what are humans without even realizing the extent of what they're into, um, uh, preparing to do uh, as they are looking into finding ways to to uh, overcome uh, gravity. Uh, is that anything that is biblical? Is that anything that God would be interested in for God's people? Um, well, um, you, you, you can't call it anything less than anti-gravity uh, when Jesus levitated as he was walking out over the the uh, the sea, because his body, uh, according to the weight, uh, should have sunk, uh, and that is what gravity does. It pulls it down, but it did not because there was uh, some ability to overcome uh, gravity uh, of a very uh, uh, definite extent, and um, even. Uh, Peter, I believe it was, that came out and, and was tried to walk on the water when he saw Jesus walking on it, and he was able to walk on it for just a little bit until a fear swelled up in, in him. Uh, but but uh, uh, there seems, uh, you know, to be an offer there uh, at some future time as, as the world rolls on and time rolls on, uh, because this goes way, way back to the time when Jesus was on the earth. And even if, you know, there are even stories, if you go back into history, uh, that uh, where people were experiencing being able to levitate. Now, I've had some people say, well, levitate, that's, that's, that's that's bad. That's that's not a good word to use. Uh, that belongs to to you know to the bad uh, religious people. Um, uh, I you know if that's the way you want to handle it, you just go right ahead. I don't allow anyone to steal uh, to steal any words uh, and and uh, any words that come into creation that I think are usable. I use them and and uh, they belong to me as well as they can belong to anybody else. And that's how I, I claim them. Uh, just because there's some people, uh, you know, in New Age uh, religion that 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 are heavy into things like uh, crystal and heavy into things like the rainbow, uh, talk about stars. <laughs> that does not mean that I'm going to lose the 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 right to talk about rainbows and stars and and crystal. I just don't accept that and won't accept it, uh, and I hope that you won't either. Uh, we are, we are, we are born free. We have the right. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's get on with this. They say that um, <clears throat> that one of the latest discoveries is uh, they've now uh, pretty well mathematically proven that the galaxy um, the 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 uh, the galaxy of the Milky Way and another galaxy the closest galaxy to us 
Andromeda are headed for collision. And, um, you know, they're saying that it's traveling at hundreds of uh, kilometers per second uh, Andromeda toward uh, our galaxy, the Milky Way. And they figure based on that, that in three billion years, there's going to be a collision. Now, considering how that people so fantasize in their worries and their concerns about the end of the world and all these kind of things, I would hope that there wouldn't be too many people out there hear a message about this as announced in the scientific and astronomy world and as announced here by me and just go into panic mode of the mind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The world's going to end in three billion years. Oh, my God. And be all worked up and into a, 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 a tither and, and a sweat and, and just a, a heart nearly failing them for fear. Um, but as wild as that sounds, uh, that is, has a similarity to it in the way that people are looking at the end of the world right now. How they're expecting the end of the world to happen based on how they are reading scriptures. And I'm going to show you some things in the scripture here today that uh, if, if you're brave enough to stay on here and listen to this word, and you're serious enough to want to know the truth, and you're willing to listen to what the scriptures say, that you will absolutely be shocked before I'm finished saying everything that I have to say. The mystery of the time is meant for us to have it. But it's been blocked by the world that's been set into the heart of humankind. And there has to be an interlude there that positions itself and moves into an in-between uh, intervention uh, of, of uh, interchange via momentum that allows this possible dynamics of being able to see from, from both sides. That which is of that which is the world uh, that you live in that that is a, a necessity to you in a human uh, body in a human environment and that which is about the spirit that is within you that the Bible says without that spirit your body dies without the spirit the body dies it has to have the spirit it's the energy of, of the body. So they're both uh, have a very important reason, uh, but but you know overcoming this this thing about the uh, world being set in the heart is an is an equilibrium in which one balances and cancels out the other the other enough to be able to do the workshop in between. Okay, now. So it is a time in which people are looking at reverse engineering, which is about anti-gravity uh, as, as, as one way of looking at it. We do know that the brain, uh, as it thinks and motivates and, and operates through its neural network, that it does so uh, in ripples, ripples of vibration. And uh, there is much that can be said about these ripples of vibrations, uh, how applicable 
they are to so many different uh, factors of consideration. Uh, how that we are able to use uh, those um, ripples and apply them uh, can have something to do with affecting time frames and uh, and and time cycles. And um, you know, if a if a person was um, uh, a mathematician enough to to get into some of the uh, various uh, algorithmic uh, and uh, polylog type of maths, uh, you would be able to actually see that in uh, in uh, an arithmetic kind of way, which uh, might not be interesting to everybody, but would be interesting to quite a few people. Uh, so these things all do have uh, application, and uh, there are time cycles, there are there are time frames, and um, these things can happen uh, in the positions or in the momentums uh, that that uh, occur um, in between the positive and the negative time uh, experiences. So uh, let's um, let's then understand uh, when we are talking about these, you know, uh, a, a time. Uh, to kill and a time to heal, a uh, time to break down, a time to build. The third verse of the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, how that we could apply that to the positive and negative, especially this number three, a time to kill and a time to heal. Uh, that that you could really see um, uh, where you are in reverse there. That if the if you're operating by orders where the first order is always like uh, the number one suggestion, a time to be born. And then the second order was a time to die. But in this case, a time to kill comes before a time to heal. And that is also very similar to the eighth verse in which it says um, there is a time of war and a time of peace. So that peace does not precede in this case, war, but but comes after the war. Uh, it's like that um, a negative has to happen before a realization of a positive can happen. Has to be war before people can be so fed up and hate it so much that they just don't want any more war. They don't want any more people dying. They don't want any more suffering. They don't want any more bombings. They don't want any any more uh, uh, torture and interrogations and all the things that that, that come with war. Uh, they want peace. So sometimes um, a, a negative has to happen. But when we get into the time frames and the time cycles, uh, we are not glued to to um, uh, the order of which comes first or which comes last. Sometimes the negative can come first and then the positive can come l uh, later. And many, many times that, that is the case. Um, uh, when we look at life and we say that is positive, that is one way of looking at it that we were given George uh, that benefit but uh, but life in the case of the fallen ophanims uh, as fallen angels into the mortal uh, bodies into matter is actually a tremendously huge negative 
to have to come once you were uh, had preceded and and pre-lived, uh, you know, uh, this mortal and the negative aspects of a physical uh, life of matter, and then have to come and live into it instead of it being the positive that it might seem to be, it could actually be the negative. Then, based on that viewpoint, the the death of that instead of that being a negative, could actually be a positive in the sense that you've overcome having to live in the um, uh, the physical matter state anymore. Uh, so interpretation uh, has application according to the textual remedy and in according, according to the spiritual uh, format that it has been rendered in and which it applies in. And a lot of times, um, everything is equivalent based on the ripples of the vibrations of your mind as to how you, you allow those ripples to proceed. So the Bible says that as a man thinketh, as a person thinketh, so is he. So there are effects that we can have on the time frames and the time zones based on how that we are able to apply it into our mind in as much as the scripture is very clearly indicating, uh, as I read to you in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, that what blocks us from being able to make a discovery of the world, to make a discovery of the secrets of the world, of the mysteries of time, is that the world has been set in our heart. So we have to understand that as all being uh, time, mind, climate. Climate. This time-mind climate that exists in us has to be overcome. We have to clothe ourselves, uh, you know, into an envelope uh, of a different kind of, of logic and reasonability that come by a spiritual nature instead of a physical nature, and yet, understandingly, still leave us the the uh, aptitude uh, to be able to be a, a diverse enough so that we can apply those things that are needy for the physical realm as well as we have things that we are needy of in the spiritual realm. So I hope that you're uh, clinging in there and all these things are, uh, you know, are adding up for you and you're able to make some some sense out of it, okay? So <clears throat> now let's, um, let, let's just move into, uh, uh, you know, some other very interesting things. Uh, interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, discussions here, um, I think that, that are going to be extremely, extremely interesting to you. Um, let's, um, <coughs> let's look at this thing about, um, about hell, okay? Uh, people say, um, you know, there's going to be a millennium. The millennium is coming, and Jesus Christ is going to be the king. Uh, and he's going to reign on the earth a thousand years. And there's going to be no more war, and there's going to be no more sin, and there's going to be peace and joy, and and our tears will all be wiped away. Uh, and it, it, it's just going to be a wonderful thing. Uh, the earth will just all be at peace. There will be no problems of any, any kind. 
Well, did you know that that is not Bible? I know you think that that is Bible. I know you think that that's what the Bible says, but that is not what the Bible says. And you cannot take the Bible um, apart and pull out a, a part of a verse or, or even a chapter and and separate it from the whole of the context of the whole bible and and uh and make your kind of religious uh you know uh ideologies out of it uh, that sort of fit your pleasure that is not how it was meant to be and that is not how it is so we want to we want to to look at this from what the the scriptures really say and <laughs> let's just let's go over to the book of revelations what an incredible book that that is. And let's just look at a few things. Uh, let's get over there somewhere around the 20th chapter. Let's uh, see what we can find. And, um, and let's just uh, uh, get this time thing going because, wow, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Let's look at chapter 20. Okay. And I saw an angel come from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Okay, now he's got a chain in his hand. And when you read that, you say, oh, well, of course, that's, he's going to bind, he's going to bind Satan with that chain. And, and he's going to be bound with that chain a thousand years, you know. Well, that's just not the way it is, and that's just not the way that it, it happened or it's going to happen. And, uh, and you just need to understand that. Uh, we have to understand when, when these things are written in metaphors and so forth. Uh, you know, uh, you think you're going to, um, to, uh, to bind Satan in a chain? Uh, for a thousand years and then, uh, cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him. Um, first off, uh, if he's in a physical body, uh, and you threw him into what is a bottomless pit, uh, it wouldn't matter he had the chain on him or not, because in a physical body he wouldn't be able to live. Uh, second off, it's if, if he's in a spirit, then a chain wouldn't have anything to do with being able to bind him nor would fire be able to burn him in a spirit. Spirit cannot be burned by fire. So you need to get that straight in your brain. If you don't get that straight in your brain, then you're going to go on up this road, up this journey, uh, uh, you know, haplessly uh, uh, going forward without having the truth, not being able to be set free by the truth, not being able to remove those barriers, not being able to remove that glass darkly. You're just going to go on, uh, you know, uh, grouped up with the rest of these people that are going to be terrified that in three billion years, you know, and drop and 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 the Milky Way are going to collide, and there's going to be incredible destruction. Uh, you know, um, if you want to worry about that, that's up to you. I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen three billion years from now uh, anymore. That I'm going to worry about all this business that people are talking about for 2012, and are talking about for the apocalypse and and all these things. Uh, if you think that apocalypse hasn't happened before. If you think that that years and years of tribulation have not happened before, then you know nothing at all about the history of the earth. 
you know nothing. And and even people that are looking at the history as history is known uh, are constantly discovering from all the recent finds and, and, and the continuous finds that history keeps going back uh, further and further and further into time in which there were people that lived and were alive on this planet that had uh, very advanced human capabilities. So, so if if uh, you had a chance to look at some of the history of those people and 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 the uh, hell on earth that they went through and and the torture and all the kind of things that they went through, I mean, even when you go down south and 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 you you look at uh, you know the very the Mayans and some of these various uh, groups, the Aztecs, and you see some of the um, terrible uh, torture. The way they tortured uh, everything from young children to to all kinds of people, um, and this went on for years and years and years. And you know, it was like a throw of the dice. No one really knew who who was going to be next. Uh, they lived in total constant terror and fear, um, and it wasn't just uh, you know for a short uh, tribulation time uh, of of several years. It just went on for a lifetime. So, so um, uh, when the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars, uh, you know, you're just back into this thing on on the two uh, galaxies colliding again, because there have always been wars and rumors of wars, and some of these wars that they have had in history have just been absolutely terminating and and torturous and evil, uh, and have been uh, as as bad as any war that could come and happen in the future. Whether you get uh, you know eliminated by uh, you know uh, a germ warfare or atomic bomb or whether you've been killed by uh, being um, uh, shut up in a, um, a, a fenced-in city and everything set on fire and you burn with, the, with it alive, uh, or you get tortured afterwards, uh, it it's all spells the same thing. It's tribulation, it's suffering, it's, it's death. And and uh, uh, so you know, Jesus was trying to tell people, you know, this this living here on this planet is is Tartarou. Uh, that's the word used in the book of, of Peter, in which uh, is a word that means, you know, that that you are bound to the circumstances. Uh, it's a kind. It, the word that they used to interpret it in the English was hell. That, that this uh, being incarcerated uh, into the physical human body, into the physical human circumstances, was a kind of hell. And that, that you can find that term hell uh, in Peter being used and look it up in the uh, Greek concordance and you'll see the word Tartarou. Okay? So, um, and that's T-A-R, Tartar, T-A-R-T-A-R, zero, zero, or O-O, be more proper, O-O. Okay, Tartarou. All right, now, so um, Satan, uh, the old serpent, the dragon, um, the devil, is bound a thousand years, cast into the bottomless pit, shut up, a seal is put on him, uh, and um, that he should not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must... M-U-S-T. He must be loosed for a little season. 
Now, that sounds like, oh, well, just a little season. Maybe he's going to get out for an hour. <laughs> Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. <clears throat> We've discovered in the Bible that many times a little something can be a very long, long time. The Bible says that a day with the Lord says a thousand years. So when we're talking these times, as we will see as we get further into this mystery uh, tonight, that uh, you cannot depend that a half an hour is a half an hour, an hour is an hour, according to your time. According to your time. And then you can't possibly uh, relegate it uh, to the sense, uh, you know, of, of uh, being relative uh, just off, off uh, the instant of, of, a, of a single look because there's all these time zones all over the earth. And, and, and today can be tomorrow for someone on the other side of the earth. So, so um, it's, it's all very interesting when we get into this thing of time, how vast that the subject really is. Okay, let's go on. And uh, and let's keep reading. Uh, let's skip now to um, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Now, when you talk about the bottomless pit, the bottomless pit, that it's just like there is no end. It it, it just uh, uh, has no end to it. That would that would seem to be an indication that there are no walls around it. Uh, there are no. Uh, there is no building. Uh, it, it's it's a state, uh, so to speak. And yet we find that he's been loosed out of a prison. So there is a condition. There is a state in which his spirit has been held and and the condition of his uh, of this state uh, the binding of the chain uh, is that uh, he is not allowed to bother to tempt or to deceive the people during this what is called a thousand year time now you don't really need to look at that thousand years as an exact uh, thousand years. Uh, but if you want to, you just go ahead and do it. But thousand, of course, is, is, uh, is the number of Jesus Christ. And there's a whole teaching on that I don't have the time to do right now. But, but uh, there's, there's a meaning, you know, the, that this time of Christ, when Christ is gonna, going to be manifesting himself in a special kingdom way on the earth, uh, that, that, um, Satan will be bound in space. He will not even be able to set up his kingdom on the earth. He'll be bound in space, which is a bottomless pit. And that will be the circumstances of the chain. His spirit, uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, when a spirit um, is um, um, cast out of a person that uh, the, the demons go out and they wander around, you know, sort of in the in these uh, uh, places uh, that that are, well, in my way of interpreting it, they're sort of like space, you know, there's sort of like nothing there. And, and Satan does not want to be forced to to go out into space. I know that uh, there have been times when I have prayed for people that were demon possessed, and these were really really bad cases and very obvious. And um, and um, 
I, I would tell the demons to, to get out of the body. And then if the demons would in any act in any way like they're hesitating, I would just immediately say, uh, uh, you immediately get out of the body, you immediately leave, uh, the, uh, you know, this body, or I'm going to cause you to be bound in space for a thousand years or for a generation. And I'll tell you what, uh, they do not want that and they leave. They leave that body. And I've done that for many, many years and had some incredibly successful, uh, well, I've never, never ever had a case where the demons were not uh, cast out and left the body. Uh, but these were extremely uh, wonderful deliverances. Okay, so now let's go on and hang in there. Don't don't jump the gun. Get yourself all excited. Decide that you got to get on a motorcycle and ride out into Hades or something. Uh, verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Now, what do the Christians, what do the theologians, what do you, what do other people say is going to be happening during those thousand years? Well, they call it a millennium. And a millennium is this time that Jesus Christ is reigning as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And if you talk to Christians about it, they'll say, oh, well, there's just going to be a time of peace. There'll be total peace. The Lord will be King of all the earth. There will be no more trouble. There will be no more wars. Uh, everything will just be absolutely wonderful. And, and uh, you know, the whole world is going to have a chance to get converted to know Christ. And they'll be coming, uh, you know, to Jerusalem and, and where Christ will set up his kingdom. And uh, they'll, you know, the whole world is going to get a chance to be converted. It's going to be wonderful. That's what I've heard people for years and years say. And these people don't even know what they're talking about. They're not even close to the truth. The Bible doesn't say anything like that. People are sure that that is what the Bible says, but it, that's not what the Bible says. And if you hang and hold here and don't jump onto a cloud and float off, uh, I'll show you what the Bible says. This is your rare opportunity. This is your opportunity, you know, to go into an insight to go in, into a revelation, to go into a real word of the manifestation of God. All right, now let, let's look what it says here. Here we have chapter 20, verse 1 and 2 and 3, where we have Satan bound in space. He cannot be involved in tempting. He cannot be involved in deceiving. And then it says he will have to be released. Okay, in verse 7, he does get released after the thousand years, after the millennium is over. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to the battle, to the number uh, uh, wh whom is as the, the, uh, uh, the number of the sea, or the, the, the number of the sand of the sea. <laughs> and they went up to the breadth of the earth and compressed uh, the, uh, compassed the, uh, beloved city. And, and, uh, now let's just stop a minute here and let's consider this. Let us consider this. Just how successful was this millennium? How successful was this? 1,000 years of Jesus reigning as Lord of Lord and King of Kings on earth. That there would be literally, absolutely thousands 
the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. How about millions? Millions, millions, millions. And how long a time did it take for Satan to get around to all these millions, maybe billions of people, probably billions? Sand of the sea, you've got to get them to the billions. How long did time go on after the millennium in which Satan begins to go out and deceive? He just, just doesn't just snap his fingers and all of a sudden all the, 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 these people in the world suddenly become antichrist and suddenly decide to join his army and come against uh, the Lord. There, there had to be something brewing in these people. There had to be something brewing in these people. I'm hoping you're listening to me. And that there are literally billions of them that are ready to be deceived. And that can be deceived and are deceived and join an army to come against the city of God to destroy it. Including all the people in there that have supposedly been saved, born again. And the representation and Jesus Christ, the Lord, the King of Kings. Come on, people. How could there be such a wonderful, millennial, joyous, happy thing going on on the earth for a thousand years? I mean, that's how long the Roman Empire lasted, they say. And look the effect that the Roman Empire had, <laughs> architectural and in nations and history. But we're not supposing there has been any demise or, or lessening of the power of millennial with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. We're supposing that the strength and the power of that has stayed just the same. It's not depreciated like the Roman Empire did. So why then at the end of a thousand years would there be billions of people that in the course of time, and we, we, we won't try to propose right now how long that time was, but I just want to tell you that time is going on and on and on and on. You people think that that's just, you know, Lucifer gets out, Satan gets out one day, and in one day he goes out and he convinces billions of people all over the world to become an army, and obviously in the one day they don't even have to be trained. They're automatically an army. The clothing automatically of an, uh, of an armed person just suddenly materializes on them. You're just playing a game with your mind. You're just playing an absolutely fool's game. And that's where a lot of people are right now. They're in the Valley of the Fools. They dared to tread where even angels would not tread. And sometimes when a man of God will come along who's got the truth, they will not listen because they are so stirred in their mind with their own provocations and their own total decision that the apocalypse is upon them and the end of the world is there, that they want to believe that above everything else there is. And that is not what the Bible teaches. And if you will listen to what I have to say, you will discover that I'm telling you the truth. 
Someone say, well, what about all these other people? What about all those other people? You think that that is, you've got something going in the, in the, in the scale? <laughs> you've got nothing going in the scale. What counts as truth is truth. Not, not numbers of people. Not numbers of preachers. Not numbers of individuals who think they know something that don't. Well, just look at this. There's billions of people here that just suddenly, as soon as as Satan gets out, he goes and starts dealing with them. And over a period of some vast amount of time, as he organizes his army and organizes his weapons, and they're in physical bodies, and he brings them, momentum-wise, as a surge, position-wise, these are from the four corners of the earth. The Gog and Magog he gathers from the four corners of the earth, <coughs> whose numbers are as like the sand of the sea. That happened. That took that took time, lots of time. Now they get defeated. Fire comes down out of heaven and and burns them. I guess if that's the kind of fire it is. Not a nice way to die. But then a person shouldn't be trying to come against the power of God, the Son of God. Now let me let me hang in there. Let me show you some other stuff. Let's uh let's uh let's just look at some other things that are very important. We're gonna come back to this Chapter 20, we're not done with it. But uh, I, I would like you to look at Zechariah 14, verse 9. Go back in the Old Testament. Zechariah 14. And I want you to write these things down, ladies and gentlemen. Now, If we read here in the book of uh, chapter 14, verse 2, to start with, I'll gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. The city will be taken and the houses ruined. Verse 3, Then I, the Lord, will go forth and fight against those nations as when they fought the day of the battle. Verse 5 at the end of it, and the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Verse 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day, and there shall be one Lord, and his name one. Now what time do you think that that is talking about? It's after the Armageddon, that they call it. That's another war that happened. Now the Lord comes, and... He's king over all the earth. And there's one Lord. Satan has obviously at this point been, been kicked out. Now let's look at verse, verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of the tabernacle. 
Now that sounds good. And probably most of the time that's all that people remember. Oh yeah, all the world is going to be coming there to Jerusalem worshiping. The whole world is going to get converted. It says it right here. Yeah, we'll read the rest of it. And, A-N-D. Do you know what and is? It adds something, doesn't it? And, it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them, shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague whereupon the Lord shall smite the heathen that come not to keep the feast of the tabernacle. And they, this shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of the tabernacle. Wow. Are you getting it? Even during the time that the Lord is the Lord of hosts on the earth, it's very clear in the Bible, even from the Old Testament and on, that it's not going to be, you know, peace on earth, goodwill to men for all the earth. There's going to be millions and millions and billions of people that are not necessarily going to accept the kingdom of the Lord. And there's going to be nations that obviously refuse to come up into worship. So at the very time there's all this peace and power and healing and 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 you know joy of the Lord for those who are the believers, there is at the same time the parallel of those who are not believing. And they are going to be exposed to everything according to this word I just read you, from the plague to not having any rain. And then this talking about these could be many of the nations of the earth, which are obviously these people that when uh, Satan gets out, of his temporary purgatory, and he's allowed to come back down to earth, he immediately has these people, they are ready to be deceived. They are ready to go into, into his subduction zone. They're ready to go into his de deception because already <clears throat> they as nations and people are not accepting the Lord as Christ and God. They're not accepting Jerusalem. They're not accepting this millennia. And, and they're battling plague and they're ba battling, uh, they're being drought because of their refusal to do so. And that's going on at the same time. So when the thousand years is over, what do you got? You've got all these billions of people out there that don't believe. Now someone might say, well, you know, what is this? This is a bad sales job. Isn't there a better sales job than that being done by Jerusalem and the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords and all the glory that's there? Wouldn't that be so much wonderful that everybody in the world would want that? And they would immediately give up their ideas and immediately uh, repent and, and, and become part of it? Well, obviously not. Because God is the same yesterday, day, and forever. He doesn't force people to do things against their will. He's not going to force them to come against their will. Now, let's go back to Revelations, chapter 20. And let's just look at verse 14. 
Chapter 20 of Revelations, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whoa. Hang and hold. Death and hell are cast into the lake of fire? That must be a real problem for some people about what hell is. I imagine they thought that's what that's what hell was, was a lake of fire. <laughs> but obviously, there's a definition here that is meandering around somewhere, loose and undefined in a lot of people's minds. Because death, whatever that is, Well, this particular death is the second death, which doesn't mean the second time that you died. It's talking about a state. You, 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 could, you, know, you could live and die the first death for many generations if you are chosen to come and re be regenerated. And you could go through, through a state of, of many different examples of, of the first death. Because that's all part of being in Abrahamic, the Abrahamic covenant. <coughs> Why the Abrahamic covenant? Because that is the time that the promise was made, and who it was made to was Abraham. And that's why we have this Abraham's bosom, because the promise was made at the time of Abraham. And it was a permanent, everlasting covenant that according to uh, the third chapter of Galatians is still uh, in um, um, act, is still active and it, and is still in uh, the proper mode of being a covenant today. So we need to you know get get some things staying straight about what hell is. People are, are preaching all these terrifying things. And I don't say that there aren't some real terrifying things out there. Uh, there always has been. Men, men's heart failing them for fear uh, didn't just start happening since Jesus came to the earth. It's been happening way, 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 way back as long as human beings have practically been on the earth. Because there's always been someone, even in, even in bliss, even in the Garden of Eden, or even someone who's been in the Garden of Eden not that long before and has been out of it for a short time with all the experience and, and so forth. Or even someone who, who has um, had a parent <coughs> who was in the Garden of Eden and who um, you know, was trained on the, uh, on the story of all those things. How that like Cain could just go out and kill, murder, his brother, for very little, much of a reason, not much of a reason. I mean, we know the reasons, and to him it was big. But to kill a brother? Ah, pretty bad. It's been going on, ladies and gentlemen. You're always going to have the poor, Jesus said. And I tell you, as I've said and preached before many times, you're always going to have wars, you're always going to have, have all these negative things that the Bible talks about. You're going to have earthquakes. You live on this planet. Uh, earthquakes are earthquakes are a natural thing that happen on this planet. It's part of being on this planet. Wow. 
All right, now, we've got to leave some of this dangling. Remember, this is going to be a series. So we're not going to get everything answered, uh, you know, just the first time around. But um, uh, I want to... Um, I want to to uh, go to Isaiah uh, chapter thirty. I want to show you show you something there. I think that's worth looking at. Isaiah chapter thirty. It helps us to understand how that we need to look at the Bible, how that we have to understand it in a physical way, but also in a spiritual way, and we have to be able to differentiate when something is spiritual and when something is uh, physical. Even though something may sound like it's totally physical, it may not be. And if it were, then it would be an absolutely um, serious state in which people could not live. So in the 30th chapter uh, of the book of Isaiah, and uh, we'll be looking at verse 26, here's what it says. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. So, so oh, isn't that going to be neat? Do you realize what that means? <clears throat> well, it, it's, it, it's scripturally, scripturally spoken. There's not going to be no night there. And if we're talking on this earth and we're talking about the, the moon being as bright as the sun, <clears throat> then that's a pretty incredible statement, if you know what I mean. Scientifically, because the moon reflects the light of the sun. So for the moon to reflect the light of the sun, there has to be something different happen. There has to be a change in the uh, atmospheres of the earth. There has to be a change in the surface of the moon, its ability to reflect, reflecting. <coughs> but most likely what it's really indicating, as we'll see in the scripture, that the reason the, the moon is being affected is because the sun has been affected. So let's read more. Chapter 30, Isaiah, verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. Do you understand what we're saying here? The light of the, of the sun, if it were not as far away as it was, we would all burn up. <coughs> but it could mean that based on how the light comes to us, even though it's from the distance, and gives us the light that it does, that much light equal to the sun would be coming from the moon. But why? Because now it says, and the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people, healeth the stroke of their wound. <coughs> What? The light of the sun will be seven times brighter, seven times hotter, seven times more radiation. <clears throat> Think about that a little bit. Think about it. 
If you got seven times the light of the sun, seven times the radiation, seven times the heat, it would make this planet unlivable. He'd make it un unlivable. So although it, it sounds like one thing, this has to be a spiritual revelation. And it's a spiritual revelation about the sevenfold. The, you know, hang and hold here and get this. We're not just talking only as the light of seven days. We're talking sevenfold. So this it's not spread out over seven days. It's all happening sevenfold in one day. So that every day has a sevenfold of light. And so we are talking something very deep and very beautiful and very spiritual. If you try to make this to be physical, then you just killed yourself if you're here at the time. The earth could not handle this. It would be totally destructive scenario. There are all kinds of examples like that throughout the entire Bible. You know, like in Revelations where it talks about stars falling to the earth. A star isn't even a pimple. Or let me reword that. The earth isn't even a pimple compared to a star. So what does that mean? It means there has to be a totally different meaning of the star. And it's, and, it's, and, and you, you, you have it right there in the scripture. It shows it to you. It'll say a star fell from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit. Or a star did this, fell from heaven. And you find out it's an angel. It's talking about angels. But there's still people out there like there was not that awful many years ago that because there's four corners of the, of, of the earth that the earth has to be square. There are people that do not believe that 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 America sent astronauts to the moon and that they walked on it. There are all kinds of people based on this, some of their conspiracies that teach that that was just all fraud. And I've read all the reasons why they say it, all the wrong reasons. I remember one time they said, well, look, there's a flag. You see that flag moving? There's no, there's no wind on the, on the earth, or pardon me, on the moon. So you see, that, that, that's just, that happened on earth. But they didn't understand where the flag was located, that there was this generated uh, air uh, movement that was coming through the exhaust of the, uh, of the rocket that was there. And that's what was causing the movement of, of the flag. There's just so many things. And, and then they're going to say, well, you know, there's, there's going to be no more sea. No more sea. Wow. You think that'd be great? You think that'd be great to live on the earth here and not have any more sea? 
You have any idea how the sea affects the weather? You have any idea just how beautiful sometimes the sea really is? How much time Jesus spent on the Sea of Galilee? No more sea, I mean, does that mean no more fish? Is that what you want to believe? Also says there's not going to be any more mountains or hills. They're going to all disappear. They're going to go flat because of a big earthquake or some gigantic thing that's going to happen. It's all part of the apocalypse. Are you into that? Is that what you're believing? Yeah, the stars are going to fall down to earth. All the mountains are going to be shaken loose. They're going to flatten out. There'll be no more sea. Why? Because the, the sun being seven times hotter is going to evaporate it? Where are you going to be during that time? On the earth? Maybe living in tunnels uh, as deep as you can get down to the to the molten center of the earth? And if you go down too far, you'd be just as hot down there as you are up above. Is that what you want to believe? God have mercy on you if that's where you are at. You are believing things that are absolutely not what the Bible is really teaching, what the Spirit of God is really trying to show people. You've got things going on about hell. You've got things going on about all this kind of stuff that is not what God is speaking. Not at all. I'm telling you what, it's time for this word to get out and be manifested in the world. It's time. It's time for the word of God to to be to to be shown in such a way that it's going to stir the world. Isaiah sixty twenty two says, "A little one will become like a, a thousand, and God is going to hasten the time." So God does affect the time. Yes, He does. Here He's going to hasten it, shorten it, make it make it. But there's something about shortening and shorting something and hastening something that has two different, uh, you know, possible meanings. To hasten something accelerates it. To shorten something can also be to hasten it, or it could be just to cut it off. But when you've got one scripture that says hasten, and that can make it shorter, then you know that the shorter uh, interpretation is from the connection to it being hastened, it being accelerated. Wow. Wow. Let's go back to Revelations. Let's go to the 19th chapter. i got to keep moving here. A lot that I want to cover. 19th chapter of Revelations. What an exciting time. What a glorious time. Okay. 1919. Revelations 1919. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the white horse. Now this is before the thousand years. 
And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. See, you have to understand what this is talking about. This is talking about what something similar to what they call the black hole. You know, every galaxy has a black hole, they say, and I think that's awfully close to being true. And um, But they're discovering that that eventually a black hole ends up producing more stars. It's sort of like the Bible says that all the heavens will roll together into a scroll, into this ultimate penetration, this ultimate um, condensation, this ultimate compression of the deep, this perturbation. Now, what's going on here? Okay? Let me share this with you and see if you can handle it. What's going to happen when this thing occurs in which the Bible begins to be fulfilled of the scripture that says the heavens are going to roll together as a scroll? Things are going to begin to go into a the black hole. Well, when that begins, and there's a certain amount of that going on now, and has been going on, you know, for as far back as 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 science has knowledge of it, which are these black holes. But get this and understand this: that when this situation begins to happen where gravity is pulling everything in on itself, it's going to take billions of years. It's not going to happen overnight. So even though the forces of darkness, the, 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 the forces dark, are going to be cast into the despairing aspect that they have no redemption, that they have no eternal promise of life, but that what they've got is whatever they can survive with here in this universe. So they're going to have to live into the torture and into the mentality alive. They're going to be alive. They're going to be cast out of this alive. And during the time of this contraction of the universe, they're going to have to, you know, maybe move from one galaxy to another so that they can keep away from where the this big vast hole is expanding and sucking in more and more and and bringing things uh, deeper and deeper in, into into this uh, um, complete compression. But eventually, when those hundreds of thousands of years and billions of years is finished, one day, those that do not have eternity, those that do not have salvation, they will ultimately end up in the lake of fire 
Hell will end up there. Death will end up there. And that all has to do with this great compression of the deep. But people will go into it alive. They, they will be living, trying to exist as long as they can. And time is going to go on and on and on. It's not about to close out. It's not about to end. Wow. I hope you're getting this. I hope it's, it's, it's happening to you. Wow. Praise God. Okay, we're going to... We're going to get um, over into uh, into Daniel. Uh, I want to uh, get to get get over there to um, Daniel. Let's look at the uh, ninth chapter of Daniel. Daniel chapter nine. All right, now hang into this and really, really get into it, okay? In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and I'm going to start with verse 21. And while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come to give thee skill and understanding. I mentioned last week, Daniel was chosen out with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego as being really wise, informed, scientific type of people. And when you think about weeks and days and years and generations, you would think that would be something that, for sure, these wise persons like that, who were considered so updated that they were put on an equal in Babylon with their, their top uh, sorcerers and magicians. But in the line of knowledge along the line that an archangel and angels of God would have. Daniel did not have skill. Daniel did not have understanding. And that's why the angel says, Oh, Daniel, I'm now come forth to give you skill and understanding, which means he did not have skill and understanding. He did not understand the math. He did not understand the duration. He did not understand the relationship of time. Wow. Wow. Well, what are, what are we getting at here? Well, we're getting at some extremely important things, ladies and gentlemen. Things that... Uh, that are so important. But let's just read this one, the rest of this. At the beginning, this is verse 23, we're in chapter 9 of Daniel. The beginning of my supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee 
For thou art greatly beloved, therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to make the transgressions and to make an end of sins, to make re 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 a reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, when people look at that and they say 72 weeks, you've got all of these church scholars and these people that are figuring this kind of accounting based on the literal time and not understanding the deep spiritual significance that is given here. This, this, this thing of the mystery, you know, uh, I'm going to give you some scriptures and, you know, you can look these things up. But in Isaiah 23, 15 through 17, Isaiah 23, verse 15 through 17, Jeremiah 25, 11 through verse 12, Jeremiah 29, 10, Daniel 9, verse 2 and 24, it talks about the 70 years. And part of this is the 70 years described as as the land sabbaths that were not were not kept so that the the weeks were not really weeks they were they were years and when you really get into this thing of the land sabbath that were not kept you get into the years instead of the weeks it's part of the revelation that is being shown and then when you get into Chapter, uh, chapter 90 of Psalms, in which it says that finally now that this life span that's been given uh, as a generation, because uh, it's been changed over time. People before the, the deluge, the flood, lived an average of 830 years. After the flood, it kept going down till it was 120. And then finally it went down to where there was only 70 to 80, 80 years that a person had. And then the covenant that was made with Abraham, which regards the Abrahamic bosom, that I, the covenant I mentioned early, um, that was for a thousand generations. So if you take 70 as being, as it mentions in uh, Psalms, uh, you know, uh, chapter 90, and you multiply that by a thousand, which it gives you that uh, information, um, uh, both in the book of uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, and in Psalms 105, in which there are a thousand generations that this covenant goes to, then that gives you 70 to 80,000 years that this covenant is good for called the Abrahamic covenant, which is the covenant that God has given to the fallen angels, the Ophanim, for a time of recovery and a time to become redeemed and salvaged, which is what salvation is. Now, as we begin to see this connection and that these, these 70, uh, uh, 70 weeks here 
that are determined are tied into that same that same seventy, which is the seventy thousand generations. What are those seventy thousand generations meant to do? They're determined upon the people, the mortals who are embodied in 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 uh, matter in physical bodies, who are the fallen angels. And the revelation is about the holy city. Not the holy city that's just in Jerusalem on the earth. The holy city that's coming down from heaven. Which is where those angels came down from. And it is to finish transgressions. And to make an end of sins. For these 70,000 to 80,000 generations. Which in bodies the time time uh start over the time times and the dividing of the times now when we look at that we understand this thing and if it's 70,000 years or 80,000 years it's going to be very close to being the same but if you you divide that by by three, what you get, and it's not important what you're getting number-wise. What is important is you're getting one-third, one-third, and one-third. You've got, you've got a time, that's a third, and you've got times, which is a third and a third. Then you've got the dividing of the times because it, it goes over. It, it's not exactly a third, a third, and a third. And, and that's because of the scripture that talks about the sacred tenth. And what you end up with here is a third, a third, and a third, and the dividing of the time of the last time, you end up with, if it's the 70,000 years, you end up with one-tenth, which is the sacred tenth. If it's 80,000 years, you end up with two-tenths, which is doubling of the sacred tenth. And that's all part of this revelation. The sensational revelation. And Peter was trying to give a little understanding of this, which is part of the information that he got when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, that a day of the Lord is as a thousand years. Because when it says the day of the Lord is coming, that's equal to saying the millennia is coming. A thousand years is coming. This is the day of the Lord. This is the thousand years because that's the number of Jesus Christ. And no, that's a whole teaching, a beautiful teaching. We begin to see this. So then, what is this about? It's to make an end of sins, to make a reconciliation of, for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And that's what it's going to do during that millennial time that we call the thousand years. That's, that's what's going to happen. And that is for the people that are the fallen openings. And that is not a promise. The Abrahamic bosom and, 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 and uh, this whole revelation of, of the uh, times, time, uh, the time, times, and, and, and the dividing of the times is not to the other people that are going to be living on the earth. 
of which the Bible says their names have never been written into the into the Lamb's Book of Life. And yet you and I and all of the people who who have have lived before and, and our, our fallen angels, we are going to to enter during that that thousand year, year millennial and 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 within that thousand years which is going to either be the the 70 or the 80 generations we are going to have that chance then by then to fulfill this 70 weeks to finish our transgressions to make an end of sins to make reconciliation for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. But there's going to be millions of other people that once we come to the end of these 70,000 generations, the, the human race that was originally planned to happen before the angels fell, before Lucifer rebelled as the covering cherub angel and caused this the war in heaven and caused the angels to fall. They were here to do a creation of of mortals and human beings. These mortals and human beings would not have souls, but they would have the optimum uh, capability and potential of ultimately gaining a soul. And those are going to be the, the people and the millions and millions and billions of people that are going to be the Gog and the Magog. They're going to be alive on the earth. And their names have never been written into the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not that they will not have an opportunity to experience some things so that they can ultimately then get into the in, into uh, a mode of understanding uh, for eventually uh, recognizing and being consciously aware of God and consciously aware of 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 the power of God to uh, ultimately bring them to a state of mind and, and advance that they can have souls that there won't be benefits for them. But they are going to be very susceptible to be able to listen to to Lucifer. And when, when they say to Lucifer, well, we, we're being told that, that we can have souls if we follow Jesus Christ. Well, what's Lucifer going to do? He says he's going to deceive him. And he's going to say, you don't have to get that, get that from Jesus Christ. I can, I will see to it that you get a soul. I will be able to give you a soul. And they're going to believe him. He'll be very, very convincing, as he always has been. But that's not what the millennial is about. It's not about them. Their names were never written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's about all the fallen angels. It's about finishing up the story. It's about bringing an end to the sins and the transgressions and, and to, to the ophidim living in human uh, bodies of, of mortal flesh. And that's what this story here in Daniel is saying. And oh, there's so much more. But I, you know, guess what? I'm running out of time. Yeah, I'd like to get into the thing about the angel. Well, I'm, let me take the time to do that. I just got to take the time to do this. This is such a neat comparison. If you take the scripture in Daniel, being that we're in Daniel, and you look at, um, uh, you, you go to uh, chapter 10, uh, pardon me, chapter 7.
chapter 7 of Daniel, okay? And let's start with, with, uh, with verse 9. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and hair of his head like the pure wool, his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Now I want you to get this number. I want you to get this number. You who have the the book, uh, you know, the seven thunders, the before Genesis. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. The books were opened. Now you got that? Thousands, thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. Now turn over to the book of Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5. And, and, and listen, we're going to read the 12th verse, and here's what it says. And he's and saying with a loud voice, uh, let me see here, For, uh, verse 10, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 10. Um, and thou hast made us um, unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's the same number equals a trillion. Those are the, are the ophanims that, that, that it describes of a group that fell. And they're all going to be on earth for this period of time, this millennium, the whole trillion Because the work is going to be finished. It's going to be finished. And so the same trillion that it's talking about here in Revelations is talking about referring to the Ancient of Days. And I don't have time to finish that tonight, but it's a beautiful subject. There's so much more to say. But I'm going to bring this teaching of the Mystery of the Time, Part 2, to a close, and we're going to do Gentile. Now, uh, I want to say that um, uh, last week we um, we got several um, uh, letters and comments, very positive about people receiving uh, uh, healings. Uh, uh, several uh, uh, gentlemen. And uh, some very interesting things. The the thought and the subject of um, people that are having uh, prostate problems. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, an infection. Other times it's <clears throat> aging thing uh, caused from various interferences in nature. <clears throat> I would like to do a beginning, um, a, a beginning Gentile on that. And then next week I will really put it into gear. And we'll just prepare it uh, for the healing. We I've had over the over the many years of of uh, the Gentile ministry, I've seen a lot of people totally healed of, of uh, prostatitis and and uh, various kinds of prostate problems. Here we go: hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary hypothalamus to thyroid, 
begin to send messages into the into the neural network of the body passing through all of the various hemispheres passing through the thyroid the thalamus moving out from the the pituitary which is the message from the hypothalamus combining in the messenger system with the lymphatic gland system the immune system for healing any kind of infection begin to send messages into the male uh, prostate gland referring to those that are swollen and uh, interfering uh, with the natural process of the body system begin to send the hormonal message to provide into the body those particular um, elements those particular hormonal secretions begin to send out these message messages to all the points of the brain so that these vibrations will begin to move on these secretions to flow down through the various glands down into the body deeper and deeper into the the masculinian masculinian the masculine system and healing shrinking that prostate there's any inhibitors or blockers or messages anti to this they are now cancelled God bless you and I just want to say for you that are still on and listening that thank God over the last several days I was able to finish the ABG to the book of revelations and now we're going to do some work on the lexicon and uh, some color and possibly a few pictures and we'll have that book ready within a reasonable time here to offer to the people may God bless you may I tell you as we face this new year how much that God loves you and how much that God loves you so much that he wants to heal you and give you peace God bless you.